podcast edition of Product Thinking, where we talk about product management, user experience design, philosophy, psychology, all things in between. Today, we are talking about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. You may have seen it in uh, this week's newsletter already. You may have seen it in the news. You may have seen it in lots of places, but he is stepping away from retail and stepping more towards other things. So this got me thinking a lot about uh, Jeff Bezos and a conversation I had a little while back uh, with somebody. I forget the context exactly of what it was, but uh, somebody asked me who I thought were some of the most uh, important product people. And uh, one of the answers I gave was Jeff Bezos. And I think that surprised uh, this person a little bit. It might have surprised me just a little bit as well. Um, for for several reasons, um, there are many, many reasons why Jeff Bezos is an excellent, excellent product person. But there are many reasons why you may think that he's an absolute villain as well. So uh, we won't argue in this in this episode. Uh, the, the many reasons why he, he would make a great Bond villain, uh, though he probably would. Uh, but we will be talking about some of the things that have made him an excellent, uh, leader and product person, because what he's, what he has built is absolutely incredible. Uh, so intertwined in our lives. So when we think about the uh, retail face of Amazon and how it has changed uh, commerce and e-commerce forever. It is something that is absolutely intertwined in our lives. Uh, but that is not all that Amazon is. So while you know Amazon sells us, uh, like I say in my newsletter, the comfy slippers, that so many of us are in or the comfy sweats that many of us are working in. Uh, it also is the platform for millions of other sellers in its third-party marketplace. Uh, so it's created not only a place for Amazon itself to sell products, but also a marketplace for many, many other people to sell products as well. And it's also created the infrastructure to host uh, this the sites across the internet uh, through AWS, which without that, uh, it's difficult to imagine where exactly we would be. Uh, AWS is the backbone in a lot of ways for much of the internet. And many of our businesses rely on that for uh, cloud computing. So what Amazon has done has taken incredible vision, incredible drive from Jeff Bezos, and quite a bit of luck, no doubt. Um, I don't ever intend to work at Amazon. Uh, I have never worked in Amazon before, uh, but I have worked with many executives and leaders who have worked there, and it has definitely shaped the culture of the teams that we have worked on and many of the things that we have done. Um, some of 
Some of that has been quite difficult, but oftentimes it's been very, very good. So I think that there are some great lessons we can take from uh, Jeff Bezos from the Amazon culture and, you know, not necessarily everything, but I wanted to take a look at some of those and how they can influence what we do within our product teams, within our teams in general, uh, within uh, our uh, careers. So from this week's newsletter, starting at the top, uh, number one, lesson from Amazon, lesson from Jeff Bezos, focus on the long term. Uh, This comes from one of the shareholder letters. Uh, from the first shareholder letter in 1997 and repeated in every subsequent shareholder letter, we will continue to make investment decisions in light of long-term market leadership conditions rather than short-term profitability considerations or short-term Wall Street reactions. That is at the heart of Jeff Bezos and Amazon and everything that they have done uh, and continue to do is focused on the long term. Uh, ben Thompson had a great article uh, recently on Jeff Bezos and this whole idea. He talked about a conversation that uh, Bezos had with the CEO of Costco and how uh, Costco creates this loyalty through its membership where members pay their membership dues, become members of Costco, and are treated to lower prices every time they come into a Costco warehouse. Uh, Bezos left that conversation and lowered prices on Amazon, even though they were not profitable at the time, because he wanted to focus very, very hard on the long term and set that flywheel in motion of a lower, lower prices better customer experience, higher traffic, bring in more sellers, increase growth over time, and continue to turn that flywheel so that Amazon would continue to grow over the long term. Over the short term, that meant lower profitability, lower margins. That was something that Amazon and Jeff Bezos did not concern themselves with though because they knew over time that this was a long-term play. Um, This is the kind of thinking that I wish uh, more companies, more teams, more of us were able to do. Um, I've talked about it a lot in my articles and in uh, other podcasts and in other uh, newsletters. The long-term thinking. Uh, We get so obsessed with the quarter to quarter. What are we doing? You know, what, what is coming up right now? We lose sight of what is our long-term strategy? You know, what what are we setting up for several years out? And we become just totally wrapped up in each quarter, you know, each month in such a way that, you know, we, we don't do anything impactful or meaningful and being able to take a long-term approach to things completely changes the game, in my opinion, um, where, and I, I've seen this, uh, personally, my wife and I talk about it a lot where, you know, a lot of, we have, um, several Etsy shops, small businesses on the side. And I think one of the differences between what makes a successful Etsy shop, for example, and unsuccessful ones are ones that 
are able and willing to stick it out for a a longer time. Um, there are plenty that come up, and if things don't pan out within a month or two or three, uh, they call it quits. And going into it, that was one thing that we talked about, uh, that you know, we were going to open up some Etsy shops and we weren't even going to worry about it for the first year, how things looked. Uh, because a year was way too short of a time period, in our opinion, to gauge how well things were going. And so first year was just to get things moving. And then after that, we would start to figure out how things were going and how things would go after that. The long-term perspective, so much more important than months or quarters. And if you're looking for more on that, we've probably got a podcast episode coming up soon. So check for that. All right. Second, customers, not competitors. Earth's most customer-centric company, Amazon's motto, uh, or one of them anyway. But Bezos focus on the customer from the very, very beginning. Um, and that is something that Amazon is famous for, continues to be famous for, and I think is reflected in so many of the things that they do. Uh, one of the things that has always struck me uh, as an example of this is the Amazon Future press release, where uh, they start out with a future state in mind. What will this look like in the future? And how will it impact the customer at that point? So if we're going to release a new product or a new feature or do something innovative, let's write the press release for the day that it comes out and talk about the impact to the customer and what does it look like for them. And then work backwards from there, from the customer experience back to how do we bring that to fruition? How do we build it? And then make it happen. Uh, I've used this in several companies, uh, the future press release, and it's massively helpful and really keeps the focus on the customer uh, over the competitor. So you don't get wrapped up in, you know, what are competitors doing? What are other people in the market doing? It's much more about what can we do for customers to make their lives better. And that's something that Amazon is consistently uh, focused on and I think shows in their, particularly in their product management and product development, um, in many, many different ways. Going along that same line is a culture of writing. So talked just now about the future press release, which I love, big fan of. The the idea of writing. So Bezos banned PowerPoint uh, in executive meetings, probably in other meetings too. Uh, this is something that I love. Um, I, I love the idea of banning PowerPoint <laughs> and replacing it with documents. This is a really hard thing. If anybody has, has tried it or done it, I'm a big fan. I, I've been at companies where we have done this. Uh, literally banned PowerPoints, replace them with uh, six-page documents where at the beginning of meetings, we will actually take time to read over the documents that have been prepared 
and then discuss them. Um, I wrote an article about this exact topic where I talk about how writing is understanding. Uh, you can't write out a six-page document and and not understand it. You can put together a PowerPoint presentation and BS your way through it. Uh, you can't do that with a document that everybody's going to sit down and read before you start talking about it in silence. Uh, so that is one of the big differences. Um, I, I think writing is understanding and PowerPoint is not. So that I think is number three. Number four, uh, high velocity, high quality decisions for, uh, small. So this, this, this has a couple components to it that I think is really, really fascinating. And Bezos talks about this in a couple different shareholder letters. Uh, speed is a competitive advantage. We talk about this in our product development teams uh, all the time. And we need to create an environment for high velocity, high quality decision making. So to do that, you need a couple things. First off, you need the right size team. Uh, Amazon uh, has called this two pizza teams or Bezos has called this two pizza teams. If your team is too big to feed with, uh, more than two pizzas, it's too big. Um, another component of this in my experience is creating principles or tenants for your team. Uh, Amazon did this at the company level, uh, you know, customer centric, uh, an eye on costs, uh, those types of things so that when it comes to making decisions, you don't have to constantly rehash what are we going to do. Uh, you know, if one of your core tenets or principles is customer-centric, delight the customer, it makes it very easy to make a decision where, you know, one of the outcomes is an unpleasant customer experience and one is a delightful one. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to do the thing that delights the customer. makes it very easy. Teams that establish those types of tenets don't have to constantly go back and rehash decisions. They can make high velocity, high quality decisions. Um, another component of this is what Amazon and Bezos have called the one-way versus two-way doors. So not feeling the need for complete certainty before we move forward. This is something that paralyzes organizations and teams all the time. Knowing that uh, we don't have to uh, have 90% certainty or 100% certainty. This is a quote from Bezos. If you're good at course correcting, being wrong is less costly than you think, whereas being slow is going to be expensive for sure. Uh, that's a, a huge thing. You know, where it's a one-way door, where it's going to be very expensive, you know, make a decision very deliberately and thoughtfully. But where those decisions are two-way doors, where you can walk it back, we don't have to have 100% certainty. We can move forward rapidly knowing that choices aren't going to be fatal. We don't have to treat every door as a one-way door though. And I think that's an important thing. And finally, the principle of disagree and commit. Uh, we don't always have to agree on the path forward, but we can agree to disagree 
and then commit to moving forward. Uh, there was a story in the 2017 letter where Bezos uh, discussed this idea. Uh, the Amazon Studios team wanted to move forward with an idea for an original production. Um, Bezos disagreed with the content and the the idea in general, but he wrote back, committed to it, gave the green light, cutting through all of the red tape and the weeks of convincing and conjoling that usually accompany those types of projects. And he said, use the phrase disagree and commit. This phrase will save a lot of time. If you have com- if you have conviction on a particular direction, even though there's no consensus, it's helpful to say, look, I know we agree, but on this, will you gamble with, I know we disagree, but on this, will you gamble with me on it? Disagree and commit. By the time you're at that point, no one can know the answer for sure, and you'll probably get a quick yes. So, you know, there are times when it's just a matter of we we disagree, we commit, we move forward, and we take some chances, uh, which leads us to the next big key lesson. Take risks and experiment. So you may remember the Fire Phone, Amazon's foray into cell phones, launched in 2014 and failing very, very quickly after that. I think failing in 2014. (laughs) Phones are a difficult and tricky business, and this one did not pay off in the way that I think anyone would have expected. Um, And this is what Bezos had to say about it. We will work hard to make good bets, but not all bets will ultimately pay out. This kind of large-scale risk taking is part of the service is part of the service we as a large company can provide to our customers and to, and to society. The good news for share owners is that a single big winning bet can more than cover the cost of many losers. Not only is uh, failure acceptable to Bezos and to Amazon, but the first Fire Phone or the Fire Phone in general was leveraged into something much better. So all of the research, all of the design, all of the effort that went into it went on to become and to be used for Alexa devices. And in the 2019 shareholder letter, Bezos mentioned that everything that the teams learned sped up that development of the of the Amazon Echo, the machine learning capabilities, which obviously in hindsight, that is a trade-off that I'm sure Amazon and Jeff Bezos would make every day all day, that probably any of us would, to be a dominant force with something like that, um, that is now uh, ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Uh, We probably all have at least some sort of device like that now. Uh, At the cost of just a failed Fire Phone experiment, you know, they were able to leverage that, all of the learning, and move forward to something much better. So two more, uh, stubborn on vision, flexible on details. This is something that uh, Bezos has preached and talked about um, quite a bit. So Amazon and Bezos establish a, a vision forward, but are flexible on how they get there. And this is something that I'm a huge fan of. It's why I'm a big fan of frameworks like the OKR framework, um, why so many of us like agile and, and other principles like that is because you know, we can set goals and, and then allow for teams and groups to have the autonomy on how to get there. 
So we have a company vision or a product vision, but we're flexible on the details of getting there. And that's an important thing. And finally, focusing on the inputs and the quantifiable goals. Uh, This comes from another shareholder letter. Senior leaders that are new to Amazon are often surprised by how little time we spend discussing actual financial results or debating projected financial outputs. To be clear, we take these financial outputs seriously, but we believe that focusing our energy on controllable inputs to our business is more effective to maximize financial outputs over time. So Bezos is discussing the idea that they can control certain things and let the other outcomes uh, not be the main focus. So for example, Amazon can control the number of product categories. It can control the time it takes to get products into the hands of customers. It can control how seamless the checkout experience is. It can control all of those things. It can measure them and it can decrease the time. It can increase the product categories. It cannot necessarily control the amount of revenue, the amount of profit. Those are the outcomes. Those are the outputs. So it focuses its effort and time thinking about what is in control, what is in their control and how to quantify those things and then actually move forward on those. And that is a great way to think about it, in my opinion. So those are some of the key lessons from Amazon that we can take for uh, our careers, for our product teams, and uh, what I think of as far as uh, some of the main ideas from Jeff Bezos as he moves into his new role as a supervillain or whatever's next. I'm actually really excited because I think uh, as a science fiction geek myself, I think we now have a Jeff Bezos free to focus and dedicate significant amounts of time to Blue Origin, which I think is one of his passion projects. So the billionaire space wars are on and hopefully we will see each other on Mars. So with that, Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Product Thinking. If so, hit subscribe um, and also check out the newsletter, Product Thinking, uh, on Substack. Productthinking.cc is the site. I'm Kyle Evans. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. Uh, You can also find me on Medium at Kyle Larry Evans. And we will see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks.